Hey, Yaman. Hi, Shivali. What's up, brownies? Welcome to Brownish, the podcast where we'll discuss our experiences as Desi Americans, our histories and reflections, and thoughts on today's pop culture and all things to do with our diaspora. Join us. Hello, hello, brownies. Welcome back to another episode of Brownish. Hello, we're back. And today, today we have a special guest. Yes, we have our best friend, the third to our little love triangle, Ferman Perzada. Ferman is uh, calling in today from Denver, Colorado. He and his wife uh, live out there with their dog, and they are our best friends since college we have known them since what 2009 right from on yeah, we yeah came that, to Miami. 2009 yeah when, uh, we were there when we started freshman year so we all as we as we've talked to you guys about how Amin and I have met from was very much part of our undergrad um ISA performative dance culture club organization what have you and uh, he was a really active member, and the three of us have been best friends ever since. And uh, Furman comes from Toledo, Ohio, and whoop, whoop, whoop. we have Furman on today is because we want to know a little bit more about his Kashmiri culture. Both of his parents are from Kashmir. So welcome, Furman. Thanks for joining. Thanks for having me. I've had major FOMO <laughs> listening to y'all. I'm feeling like, I... you know, I want to be part of this. So this is a great excuse for me to be here. Roman will probably be a reoccurring character on this podcast. Um, yes. I just love his, perspe- his, his perspectives. Um, so yeah, like Shivali said, we wanted to expand our Desi outreach since both of us are Indian American. And so we wanted to make sure we included other voices from the South Asian diaspora. So Kashmir. Uh, is certainly a part of that and a complicated part of that because for those who don't know, Kashmir is a fought over territory between India and Pakistan. Um, The culture there, as we'll learn from Furman, is sort of a mix of those two cultures and its own independent culture. Um, And we wanted to know what what the differences are between our experiences or what the similarities are. and we'll probably have other people from other diasporas within the South Asian community over over time. So with that, we'll hop right into some questions for Furman. Yeah. All right, nice. Furman. Let's do it. Go for it. Grill so, me. <laughs> <laughs> so as I was saying earlier, we met Furman through the Indian Student Association at Miami University. And that is also conflicting confusing for a lot of reasons because a lot of our members in that organization were not actually Indian so just curious to hear your thoughts from on on did people often assume you were Indian and if they did what would you say to them yeah so you know for me there was an assumption that you know because I was in the Indian Student Association my skin color was brown it was most likely that I was Indian I never faulted anyone for that. I And, you know, for me, it didn't really matter at the time because growing up, um, for me, it wasn't 
something that I really thought about very often. Um, we really focused our identity, like growing up with my family, we focused more on religion mm. over like geographical based. And so for me, I came Muslim first. Anything else I would, I wouldn't really have a problem with um, kind of explaining if I, if they asked me if I was Indian, I'd say, well, no, I'm Kashmiri. And then started that conversation from there. Yeah. Yeah. Was it one of those things where, like, it was just easier to say, yeah, I'm Indian. Like, I don't want to explain this. Yeah. And I definitely take responsibility in that. Like, you know, now as I get older, I'm like, no, no, no. I'm mm-hmm. not Indian. I'm Kashmiri. There's a big difference. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a lecture for 30 minutes now that you've <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, yeah, I definitely try to make it easier when uh, I was growing up. I think I was also partially not sure. Like, I, I, I don't think I fully understood the uh the struggle of Kashmir until maybe one of those English classes we had to take Mm -hmm. like our freshman year and we had to write a paper a paper about like uh an argument that we want to stand behind uh and for me I I picked why Kashmir should be a sovereign territory so I learned more about Kashmir from that point on Mm. and so I think my my perception changed as I continued my uh college life that makes sense you're like getting more uh comfortable in your identity understanding you know you're you're away from home so you're starting to build your own independent identity and then your your personal culture comes into play Mm -hmm. i think that's a natural part of of going to college for a lot of people um i had a question about the word they see because it's it's a word we use within the south asian community but but we also get the sense that it's sort of indian centric do you like the word they see for mine? I think they see is a good word to identify the blend of different South Asian cultures mm-hmm. because we're kind of like India, Pakistan, that that territory in general. We have that identity uh, where we call ourselves Desis. And I think it's a good thing because it shows that we do like to get along in some places. Uh, I've never really felt that it was Indian centric. I've always felt like Desi was both India and Pakistan. If it does encapsulate other cultures, then I would see why it's a big problem. Like that aren't usually um, falling under that umbrella as mm-hmm. much as it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But so you would say like, if you don't feel excluded or like miss identified or mislabeled if someone to be, were to be like, yeah, you're like from on Stacy. Yeah. Yeah, okay. exactly. Cause I mean, Kashmir is there. So I mean, yeah. like it, it still falls under it. Like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it's no. like, it's, it's funny. Cause you, you just said it, Kashmir is there. And so I think Amin and I are starting to like question whether some of these words are, what, what do they really like point to mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and like what areas does, does Daisy really cover? And it's, I think our approach now is let's ask, let's just ask, like, does, do you identify with that? Right. I think this is reminding me of the conversation that's happening these days around like AAPI Mm. in America, that it's helpful to have the umbrella, but it erases the nuance and complications for like, Hmong people versus Japanese people versus Chinese people versus Indian Desi people. Right. 
you know, it's nice to have the umbrella thing, but we what gets lost is like the nuances between. And I think certainly Kashmiri like culture is something I know little about, but I'm learning more because now we're having this conversation. So I think the nuances are important. The umbrella is important because it brings us together, but then the nuances are also important. So I'm, I'm really glad we're having this like conversation. Yeah, agreed. Totally. I'm, I'm curious, Ron, about what it was like growing up Kashmiri. And I think that's that's probably a really broad question because if someone asked me like, what it was it like growing up Indian, it's kind of like what you said. I think maybe it didn't even dawn on us when we're growing up that like oh I am this it's just it, it, it was what it was but what were there were there like any customs traditions um you know whether it was with your Kashmiri or Muslim identity that that were part of your household growing up yeah I think growing up Kashmiri was always an area that felt uncomfortable for my parents looking mm. back at it like it wasn't the language that they wanted us to learn my brother and me. Um, and I think the biggest reason was because when we got to the U.S., like in the early 90s, their focus was to just make sure we could uh, assimilate. And I think being Kashmiri was just a complicated factor. Mm-hmm. So they wanted to do, kind of toss that out. Um, so we would identify more as Daisies than we would as Kashmiris for that reason. Mm. Uh, a lot of what I can remember with my upbringing was we we really looked more at like Muslim culture. So going to the masjid on Sundays and like going to Sunday school, talking with other Muslim families. Uh, and you said, yeah. you said masjid. I want to just clarify what, what does masjid mean? So masjid is a um, religious institution for Muslims. It's It, it can also be called a mosque. A ma- okay, got yeah. it. Okay, that's good. What were Uh, holidays like? Uh, You know, it's it's really cool that Ramadan. You see it more and more on the calendars, like in America. Like, what was it like growing up? Ramadan, Eid, other holidays that we don't know about. Like, did you take time off? Did you have to do it at school? What was that like? Yeah. So for Ramadan, I think it's always funny because people sometimes confuse it as a holiday when in reality it's actually a it's a month part of the lunar calendar so it's not really a holiday a lot of people have said it though like Mm. i i've always come across it i'm like you think this whole month is a holiday (laughs) (laughs) i mean i I guess i I can use that i'll take the month off (laughs) Uh, but uh yeah i mean we we observed it growing up like for me i would fast from sunrise to sunset with no food, no water um, during, I think I started doing that second grade. So when I was like eight and um, there really wasn't too much uh, influence from Kashmir to do that. That was more about being like being a Muslim in general. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I have a kind of a random question, but we were, <laughs> my husband and I were just talking about this because we're, we are recording this um, right now. It is Easter, Passover weekend. There's a lot of holidays happening this weekend. And so there's some fasting that we're hearing about and a lot of religions are partaking in. And we were saying how like 
like what I what do you eat before sunrise when you do when you're in Ramadan what do you eat before sunrise that like sustains you the whole day because I I just would like to know <laughs> nothing nothing <laughs> it's so hard I mean uh you have to wake up at like four or five a.m one big thing I gotta quickly mention is that it's not the same time every year it goes back every every year by like 10 days so okay it, it's can like it right now it's during the same time as Easter, but mm-hmm. like three, four years, it will probably be in oh, the beginning so, of the year or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so like the time changes, which means you have to wake up even earlier because the sunrise changes like those yeah. times. Mm. So you just do the best with what you got. And like, for me, I would eat like cinnamon toast crunch <laughs> yes. and then I'm done. And I'm like, well, this is it for me. <laughs> but a lot of people eat dates, right? Like dates and things. Are those they'll, like filling and fibrous? For, um, yeah. yeah, they'll eat dates for breaking fast. Oh, okay. oh, okay. You know, before dinner, that's what we'll eat. Uh, and that's because the um, the prophet, his name is Prophet Muhammad, he would do that in um, in the times they were breaking fast. Like that. that's why we sort of just passes on for the oh. next generation of Muslims. And uh, we continue that tradition of eating dates for that reason. I feel like we could have a whole episode on holidays. And mm-hmm. it's so interesting. And not even holidays. You just told us Ramadan isn't a holiday. So <laughs> yes, yeah. Much appreciation. We're going to take a quick commercial break, maybe eat some dates and yeah. be right back. Welcome back, brownies. So, Furman, you just had a quick reflection. Do you want to Yes, tell I did. I did. Um, you know, as we're having this conversation, I know the topic was a lot about Kashmir and I'm really focusing more on uh, Muslim identity and I wanted to take a minute to bring up why that's kind of happening mm-hmm. as we're talking. I'm realizing it now that like when we grew up being Kashmir, being Kashmiri, I think wasn't really a priority for us in our family household because it was a complicated layer that had to sort of, explain what makes us different when as an immigrant family coming to the u.s the Mm -hmm. whole plan was to really assimilate as much as possible blend in yeah yeah so like yeah that was a big thing and like now i'm realizing it and it honestly it kind of sucks to think about that because i'm always proud to say i'm kashmiri and uh whenever I find people like friends or family that I talk to, then they'll ask me things in Kashmiri and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, and it's tough. Like it. Yeah. Really think about the conversation. It is. This. I think there's some forgiveness there too, which like it's, it's a realization. It makes yeah. you kind of think like how different our parents experience was back then with right. pressure to blend and and some you know there there's some confusion there because it's like oh, why didn't you make me more Kashmiri you're more aware of things and but mm-hmm. then it's also like no there was different societal pressures in the 90s 80s and before yeah but yeah, they were trying to protect us and keep like not let us stand out too much right like it was a protection yeah. pressure. and I'm so grateful that we live in the now where it is easier to be different it's celebrated like people listening that aren't brown are listening and they want to know about what it's like growing up brownish right and mm-hmm. so, uh, I think that's I'm really grateful that things have changed even though sometimes it feels like 
things don't change. Definitely, definitely. So, Vermont, I was thinking about um, we re- recently did a an episode on our memories of visiting India, mm-hmm. and um, Amin and I had a really kind of an emotional conversation of the core memories that were founded there on those visits and also just the kind of honest um, discomfort or shame or you know a lot of just a lot of emotions of on those trips growing up and and how that kind of waxed and waned as we got older so wanted to see how it was like for you visiting Kashmir I think the first time we visited Kashmir since moving to the U.S. was when I was eight years old. Um, And I didn't really know what to expect. I kind of remember it when I was growing up because we stayed there for a little bit when I was born. Um, But I think the, the things I really liked about being there was I was able to see where my parents grew up. I was able to see their houses uh, and like where, what like towns they were raised in. And I think it, it was, it was very interesting to see that compared to what I had in the U S where like in Kashmir, it was dramatically different to see that for my dad he lived in Surinagar. Uh, that that's the capital of Kashmir, by the way. And oh. what, what we were able to see was like his house had this gated entrance and then outside of the uh, the the area that was um, you know their home, you would be straight into the town where like people are walking and uh, there's all this noise and all the traffic is there and like that mm. and uh, it's also connected to the, like the the lake is called Dull Lake. It's one of the most famous um, lakes in Kashmir and like you know for for me to see all that, I was very like blown away. I think. Actually, looking back at it as a kid, I didn't really care about it. But <laughs> yeah. knowing about this now, I'm like, it is blow like mind blowing. Yeah. As a kid, I think for me, I didn't really know. I was like, I mean, this is whatever. It's a lot uh, to take in, too. Yeah, it's just yeah, you're right. Like it's a lot to take in, and it's like, what should I focus on? What what what's like the thing I should be grateful for while I'm here? Um, when was the I last time was, you were there? The last time I was there was in high school. So like I was. 17 oh man 13 years ago yikes yeah. that's similar to uh, us that's like yeah falls in line yeah so yeah, the yeah, last time trip... you were there were you more aware of like how beautiful everything was or how different things were what was that like yeah tell us tell us like what you saw what you heard what you smelled I think uh yeah as I got older it was like I knew what what I could appreciate because um that that was just something with age and you know for me it was being able to take trips that were nearby uh like going to mountains and seeing all the mountains <laughs> yeah. i can't go any further i can't think of anything further than that like when i was Wait, a kid i just had a question sorry oh yeah yeah is it cold like colder up there too it's not really as cold. And like, you know, this is one reason why I love living in Denver, Colorado, because the know. climate is very similar to Kashmir, where it's oh. like you go up there, you can keep this 
I'm wearing a t-shirt and if I went to like the highest peak or one of the, one of the high peaks, like up mm -hmm. in Kashmir, it wouldn't feel like it's like freezing. Wow. It'd just be like normal temperature. And that was something I really appreciated about Kashmir. And at the time I was like, there's no place like this. I'll never see it in my lifetime. But now I live in Colorado and uh, <laughs> it's, it's kind of similar to be honest. Yeah. Those, <laughs> I mean, that's, definitely, that's definitely what I picture. Yeah. With, like, you know, random Bollywood movies, they'll have shots of Kashmir or whatever. And everyone looks like comfy. Like they're never too bundled up where yeah. they're like immobile. They're never like clearly heat exhaustion suffering. Uh -huh. Like it seems very temperate and that's not common for India. <laughs> There's not many places in India where it's temperate uh, all year long. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, just visually, when I think of when I've seen Kashmir in movies or in other media, like it seems like a a Denver place. Actually, mm -hmm. that's that's a really interesting thing that you ended up there. Yeah, you see like a backdrop of the mountains. You see like these fields of beautiful flowers that you can run. Lots of field. lots of lots of hipsters too, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's definitely a hipster vibe there for sure. Like it, it was it was Wait, a really? very oh yeah, it was a it was like a secret for a little bit. Kashmir was not known to everybody, but like the the hippies would always be there. They like love it there. Like hippies from from other countries would come there. Yeah, I, oh. it was mainly Europeans, but oh, like a pray love place. Yeah, love it love them bless them <laughs> thank you thank you for that <laughs> thank you for that tourism well now we have a fun little lightning round for you from on cheval you want to take it away i have a music cue just to yes. get us excited yes <laughs> we were all dancing on zoom just now brownies <laughs> by the way hopefully you also danced along to that <laughs> all right welcome to the inaugural brownish lightning round game show Furman, are you ready no okay <laughs> get ready. okay i guess i have no choice perfect <laughs> all right so you can aim for like a one word response but mm -hmm. start with number one what is your favorite Kashmiri dinner item? Rista. Rista. What's that? It's lamb balls. Lamb balls. Love it. Yeah. It's Love very it. good. Very like uh, smooth or not smooth textured. No, oh, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> it's very uh, tender, tender texture. It's very good. I don't know if I'm describing it very well. I'm not helping this out. How do you want your meat smooth? Smooth and tender. <laughs> Can you get uh, it at like a an Indian Pakistani restaurant? I don't see many Kashmiri restaurants. You can't. You no. can't because you so you can't make it. Like people try to do it. I've seen YouTube videos and they're like, this is how you make it. I'm like, you're lying to me because that doesn't look like Rista. How dare you? How dare mm. you? You have to spend the whole day beating that meat. Delicious. Love that. Love that phrase. Let's keep going. <laughs> Let's keep going. Okay, lightning round. Next question. Next question. What is your favorite? Kashmiri dessert. Kashmiri is a fusion, right? Thing. Mm, yeah. So for me, I'm gonna say Faluda, oh. and I know it's India and Pakistan, but you know what? It's also Kashmiri. So can yes. you describe Faluda? Faluda is kind of a. It's. I feel like the the lamb meatball one is people can kind of grasp, but Faluda is a little bit different. 
Well, Falula is a concoction that I love dearly. Uh, <laughs> it's you, you take um, these seeds. I don't remember the, uh, what's the name? Are they kind of like tapioca balls? It's like tapi, I think it's Tugmira seeds because it's okay. smaller than tapioca seeds. Yeah. Yeah. Tugmira seeds, you put that overnight and they like expand into these like bubbles. Like a chia seed. Yeah. 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 Like a chia seed. And then you mix that with uh, like milk and rose syrup. Mm-hmm. And sometimes after that, you just dump whatever you want. So like you can put noodles in it and then ice cream. It is a desi version of um, boba tea. It's yes. like, yeah. It, and it's kind of like rose milk type of situation. And you can just put fun stuff in there. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, next lightning question. I'm making, yeah. us, I'm making us be more lightning-y than we are. You're right, you're <laughs> right, you're right. Thank you. Go for it. Uh, what is your favorite song, Kuman? My Just favorite song is Bumbaro Bumbaro. Oh, interesting you say that. I have it queued up. <laughs> what movie is that from again? From Mission Kashmir. It's a controversial movie. I'm not going to get into it. Maybe another time. <laughs> Look it up, people. Mission Kashmir. Um, and then... Kashmiri clothing, I've noticed, is different. Like, I can tell the difference. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty good with it, telling the difference between clothing. How would you describe Kashmiri clothing? And is there a popular clothing item to Google later on? I think Kashmiri clothing... So I'm going to go with Tog mm-hmm. for the one I like. Just so we have a one-word answer for the lightning round. But um, I was going to say, I think Kashmiri clothing can sometimes be, like, muted colors. It's not as vibrant as I've seen other... Um, countries like India and Pakistan, I mean, just other like, uh, states, but, um, yeah, I would agree. They're like, yeah. uh, almost like, what's it called? Emerald tones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like those like, kinds of like, like jewel tones, jewel tones. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like deeper colors and like mm-hmm. a little less of the, um, a lot of embroidery, but not the like heavy, shiny stuff that India yeah. and yes. Pakistani people do. It's similar to Afghani clothes. I feel like that's Ooh, like the yeah. closest thing I can mm-hmm. think of. And uh, hopefully the audience knows what Afghani clothes look like. Google it. Google that too, please. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps up our lightning round, our lightning-ish round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our thunder, our thunder round. <laughs> thunder round by Brownish. Um, so as we wrap up and want to um, thank Fermon for sharing a little bit more about Kashmir, maybe our listeners want to learn a little bit more um, and get more context about whether it's the history of Kashmir, the natural beauty of it. So Fermon, where, where would you point our listeners to learn more? I think for starters, if you have an Amazon prime account, um, I'm hoping there is a great documentary called Kashmir, the story it's broken up to like six parts, I think Hmm. um, that go into the history and the culture of it. Otherwise, I would recommend going to Kashmir and experiencing it for yourself. Um, mm. I think it it does no justice. Otherwise, I think it's the best the best way to see what Kashmir is all about. Yeah, and I think we we've skirted around <clears throat> all of the you know battles between India and Pakistan that Kashmiris face. So I I think you know there's so much distortion and propaganda from both countries. Uh, you know, India likes to be holier than thou and we can talk about that for a whole episode i'm sure um so there's a lot of 
complicated ways in which the two countries talk about Kashmir. But yeah, let's listen to Kashmiri voices. I love this uh, documentary from on you mentioned. I'm definitely going to watch that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's better heard from the people themselves in the country as well. So I, I love that suggestion. And maybe the three of us can do a trip one day. Oh, yeah. That'd be oh, we could take brownies on Brownies Airline. Bro- oh, that's right. Our brownie uh, touring tourism company. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah, surprise. We have an airline. <laughs> I see. <laughs> well, thank you, Fermon, for being with us. You're our first guest. We couldn't have asked for a better one. Mm-hmm. I'm so happy I was able to do this. Um, I hope something was learned. I think a lot. A I lot learned a lot. Learned. I at least yeah. learned Ramadan isn't a holiday. I That's a good takeaway. I learned that the next time I see your parents, I want to try the the lamb meatball thing. The smooth balls. Rista? Rista? Yeah, Rista. Rista. Yeah, okay. All right, brownies. We will see you next time. Bye, brownies. <laughs>